This is America in the Morning from Westwood One. Good morning, I'm John Trout. It's Tuesday, February 6th, 2024. Here's what's coming up on America in the Morning. Major flooding in parts of California. Door-to-door evacuation. I'm Clayton Neville. The Senate border compromise facing stiff opposition, possibly delaying a Wednesday vote. I'm John Stolness in Washington. Buckingham Palace says King Charles has been diagnosed with cancer. Concerned about him. Sagar Magani, Washington. Another quality issue has been found in Boeing 737 planes. I'm Donna Water. On Wall Street, stocks will try to rebound today after yesterday's dip. And for the Dow, it was a plunge. I'm Jessica Ettinger. A retired New York City firefighter who once stood at ground zero with then-President George W. Bush has died. Julie Walker, New York. A union representing hospitality workers has reached a tentative agreement as the city of Las Vegas braces for Super Bowl week. I'm Haya Panjwani. All ahead on America in the Morning. Californians continue to grapple with the impacts of an historic atmospheric river storm. Correspondent Clayton Neville has the latest on the rain, wind, and its impacts throughout the Golden State. Flood alerts are impacting more than 35 million people in California as rushing rivers and flooded streets lead to water rescues. Now in preparation for the storm, the LEFD added additional teams of swift water rescue, community emergency response, urban search and rescue, hand crews, tractor companies, helicopter pilots, command, and dispatch to assist the 1,000 LFD firefighters already on duty. L.A. Fire Chief Kristen Crowley says teams are monitoring the weather and closely watching evacuation orders. A number of those in effect as mudslides are a big concern. We are looking and working very, very closely, I should say, with the National Weather Service to monitor the weather conditions and ensure your safety. At least three people have died from fallen trees, the mountains seeing blanketing snow and power outages impacting hundreds of thousands of Californians from the northern to southern part of the state. Los Angeles is activated with our county partners and ready to go. This is all part of our continued proactive response to the storm's potential impacts. L.A. Mayor Karen Bass. If we need to issue an evacuation warning, Angelinos will be notified through Notify LA. If there is an evacuation order, LAPD will perform door-to-door evacuation notifications. LA firefighters rescued 16 people from one street because of mudslides. Rainfall totals as high as 6 to 10 inches in some spots. It's rain and flooding the region is rarely experienced. The National Weather Service says February 4th was the third wettest day ever in LA since 1877. Even when the rain tapers off, major flooding will be a concern for days. I'm Clayton Neville. As details emerge of the bipartisan Senate border security legislation, Republicans in the Senate appear unwilling or unready to vote on it tomorrow, a potentially damaging development for the border reform bill. John Stolness has the latest from Washington. Speaking on the Senate floor yesterday afternoon, Republican Minority Leader Mitch McConnell urged his colleagues to support the border security package that would also unlock the national security supplemental and aid packages to Israel, Ukraine, and Taiwan. This is a humanitarian and security crisis of historic proportions. And Senate Republicans have assisted, not just for months, 
happened for years that this urgent crisis demanded action. However, after Democratic Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced a cloture vote tomorrow on the compromise, McConnell emerged from a closed-door meeting with colleagues late last night and is now threatening to block the bill from coming to the floor Wednesday due to opposition from some Republicans and others who want the opportunity to amend the legislation. Schumer urging those opposing it to get on board. The $64,000 question now is whether or not senators can drown out the outside noise, drown out people like Donald Trump who want chaos, and do the right thing for America. Among the loudest detractors behind the scenes is Trump, who on Westwood One's Dan Bongino show yesterday hinted the chief Republican negotiator, Oklahoma Senator James Lankford, could suffer politically for his role in the creation of this bill. The people in Oklahoma are... You know, these are serious mega. These are serious people. They are not going to be happy about this, Dan, when they see this. This is crazy. This is lunacy, this bill. And you know what it is? It's a gift to the Democrats. On Fox News, Lankford called it a win for conservatives who say they believe the border to be a major issue and noted his goals and Trump's goals are not the same. His job right now is running for president. And so he's trying to be able to manage that. And obviously a chaotic border is helpful to him in the process on that. House Speaker Mike Johnson said yesterday the Senate bill is dead on arrival in his chamber regardless. But for now, President Joe Biden just wants it to pass the Senate first. Everything in that bipartisan bill gives me control, gives us control. John Stolness, Washington. When we return on America in the Morning, the latest on King Charles' health and problems mount for Boeing after these messages. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome back here with America in the Morning. Let's get the latest on what California can expect today and the nation's weather. Here's AccuWeather.com meteorologist Carl Erickson. While much of the nation will continue to enjoy a thaw with dry and mild temperatures today, the West Coast will continue to deal with the stormy weather. Although the heaviest rain that has been bringing life-threatening flooding to parts of Southern California recently will begin to lift out of the area today, there will continue to be rounds of moderate rain that can lead to additional flooding. Many locations from Santa Barbara to Los 
Angeles to San Diego will need to be alert for additional urban river and stream flooding, as well as mudslides and debris flows that can lead to road closures. Rain will spread into Arizona and southern Nevada, which can result in low-lying and poor drainage flooding and bring Las Vegas its wettest day in months. Places from Fresno to San Francisco and through northern California will have a break from the heavier rain today with a few lingering showers. Heavy snow has already piled up several feet across parts of the Sierra Nevada with more snow expected today. Total snowfall from this storm is expected to reach 3 to 6 feet above 7,000 feet in elevation. Further north, there will be rounds of rain and mountain snow over Washington and Oregon, although not as intense as what Southern California will be dealing with. Much of the rest of the nation will have dry and quiet weather today. Plenty of sunshine will be found up and down the eastern third of the nation, with highs ranging from the 30s in New England to 40s and 50s across the Mid-Atlantic to 60s across the south. Fairly nice and mild weather for early February. It will also be mild day today across the central U.S. with highs in the 40s and 50s across the northern plains and Great Lakes with 60s over the southern plains and Texas. And that's the weather across America. In New York City today, mostly sunny, high 41. San Diego, rain with a high near 60. That's the nation's weather. I'm AccuWeather.com meteorologist Carl Erickson. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. Just search America in the Morning in your favorite listening app. I'm John Trout. Concerns for the monarchy as Buckingham Palace says King Charles has been diagnosed with cancer. Washington correspondent Sagar Magani reports. The palace says the 75-year-old Charles will keep working as head of state but suspend public duties while being treated without saying what form of cancer he has, only that it's unrelated to his recent enlarged prostate treatment. I sense that if this lasts for a particular amount of time, that the king will find a way of reaching out from home uh, to continue the influence that he can doubtless bring to an enormous number of the projects that he's trying to uh, raise and support in the early years of his reign. What he can't do is go on all these planned trips around uh, the Commonwealth and to the other realm. The mere fact that Charles has been open about his diagnoses is a departure from centuries of royal tradition. The palace says he wants to prevent speculation and help public understanding for all affected by cancer. Concerned about him. President Biden says he hopes to speak with the king, God willing. The palace says Charles is wholly positive about his treatment and looks forward to returning to public duty. To play his part in dealing with both approving an enormous number of documents and giving effect to uh, various different instruments from government uh, and through parliament. So the king will get on with that perfectly happily. Sagar Magani, Washington. Another quality issue plaguing Boeing 737 planes. Correspondent Donna Warder has the latest. Boeing says a worker at its supplier, Spirit Aerosystems, has discovered misdrilled holes and fuselages. Spirit Aerosystems, based in Wichita, Kansas, makes a large part of the fuselages on Boeing Max jets. Boeing Commercial Airlines CEO Stan Deal says while the misdrilled holes don't present an immediate safety issue, rework will have to be performed on some 50 undelivered planes. Boeing and Spirit Aerosystems have been facing intense scrutiny over the quality of their work after an Alaska Airlines 737 MAX 9 was forced to make an emergency landing in January when a panel blew out of the side of the plane shortly after takeoff from Portland, Oregon. I'm Donna Water. 
When we return on America in the Morning, the Dow tanks, insurance industry sours on the Golden States. After these messages. We're back on America in the Morning. Tech firms continue mass layoffs following a three-year hiring spree. The parent of San Francisco-based Snapchat will cut loose 10% of their workforce. This followed software company Okta, which eliminated 7% of their jobs. And along with the cuts last month to Amazon, Google, Meta, and Salesforce, some 32,000 tech positions in the U.S. have been downsized in January alone. And it's not just the tech sector. Cosmetics company Estee Lauder said it would cut as many as 3,100 jobs. With the latest in Tuesday business, here's CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Wall Street opens this morning after a pullback for stocks yesterday. The Dow plunged down more than 270 points. It was dragged lower by shares of McDonald's, down 3.5%. It reported mixed quarterly results, blaming violence in the Middle East for lower international sales. But investors also didn't love that the Fed dashed hopes of a near-term interest rate cut, plus bond yields spiked. Yields up pretty sharply over two days. Mm -hmm. The index itself very overbought. You know, February, you get some chop. So don't be surprised if we find an excuse to back off. But when earnings are not setting off alarms in a broad sense, and they're not, and you're not necessarily seeing uh, the economy buckle in any way, and uh, it, it's it's tough to, to make the outright negative case. CNBC's Mike Santoli. Companies whose shares hit all-time highs yesterday include Chipotle, which reports quarterly results today, Berkshire Hathaway Class B, Amgen, Boston Scientific, Eli Lilly, Caterpillar, and NVIDIA. The spring housing market just got a little worse, something real estate agents don't want to hear after last year's worst home sales year since 1995. Mortgage rates have jumped back up. The average rate on the 30-year fixed crossed back over 7% to 7.04%. That according to Mortgage News Daily, and it was thanks to a surge in bond yields. It made the biggest jump in over a year on Friday after the Labor Department reported a much higher employment number than expected. And the Fed has kind of made it pretty clear that we do not expect a rate cut in March. So the 30-year fixed rate had hit a more than 20-year high of 8% last October, but then fell sharply, hitting a recent low of 6.6% at the end of December. So potential homebuyers had been getting a little break. Now it's getting harder again. CNBC's Diana Olick. Now we told you McDonald's shares dropped on disappointing quarterly results, but Shamrock Shake fans are happy. McDonald's brought back Shamrock Shakes two weeks early this year. They are in restaurants. Jessica, there is at least one state where insurance companies are reviewing, actually doing business there. It's California, enduring another wave of atmospheric river storms. It is impacting the U.S. insurance industry. L.A., Santa Barbara, Palm Springs, San Diego, where flooding rains are rare, saw widespread damage. Wind, downed trees, and for those who carry comprehensive insurance on their autos, flooded cars all come back to the insurers at a time, of course, when car insurers are just starting to be able to have the capacity to raise rates in California um, and seeing some give on the regulations. But the California Insurance Department says fewer than 2% of Californians actually carry flood insurance on their home. CNBC's Contessa Brewer. CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Hospitality workers look to score in Las Vegas. That story when America in the Morning continues after these messages. 
to This Is America in the Morning, a retired New York City firefighter who stood at ground zero with then-President George W. Bush when he gave his famous 911 bullhorn speech has died. Correspondent Julie Walker reports. Bob Beckwith's wife says the retired firefighter died Sunday night in hospice after dealing with cancer in recent years. He was 91. Beckwith was at ground zero when President George W. Bush came by. The pair stood on top of a smashed fire truck. Bush with one arm around Beckwith, the other hand on a bullhorn as he addressed first responders digging through the World Trade Center rubble. In a statement, Bush said, I was proud to have Bob by my side at Ground Zero. Beckwith's courage represented the defiant, resilient spirit of New Yorkers and Americans. Julie Walker, New York. And just in time for the big game, a union representing hospitality workers has reached a tentative agreement as the city of Las Vegas enters Super Bowl week. Correspondent Haya Panjawi reports. Six hotel casinos in downtown Las Vegas have struck a deal with union members and called off another strike deadline. The Culinary Workers Union announced that it's reached a tentative multi-year contract with the Golden Nugget, Binion's, Four Queens, Fremont, and Main Street. The agreement covers about a thousand workers. It also reached a tentative agreement the next day with Downtown Grand, representing about 200 workers. This weekend's NFL 58th championship game is expected to bring about 330,000 people to the city, according to the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority. I'm Haya Panjwani. America in the Morning for Tuesday, February 6, 2024, is produced by Jeff McKay, senior producer Kevin Delaney. I'm John Trout. This is Westwood One. This is America in the Morning from Westwood One. I'm John Trout. Coming up this half hour... Senate negotiators have released a long-anticipated deal pairing Ukraine aid with border changes. Sagar Magani, Washington. The political rhetoric seemingly ramping up ahead of Super Bowl Sunday. I'm Clayton Neville. An opinion article sparking outrage across one state. I'm Katie Clark with details. I'm Julie Walker. A jury in Michigan begins deliberating the manslaughter case against the school shooter's mother. The Iceman returneth and the Eagles head south next fall. I'm Robert Workman. For the first time, the NBA will play on glass. I'm Gethin Coolbaugh. Check out a preview of some of the ads that will play during the Super Bowl. I'm Kevin Carr. Back after these messages. We're back on America in the Morning. There has been loss of life with this recent round of storms in California. Here's the latest forecast from AccuWeather.com meteorologist Carl Erickson. Unfortunately, more rain is in store for Southern California today as the atmospheric river continues to be aimed at the state, bringing a significant amount of Pacific moisture into the region. Although the heaviest rain will begin to shift out of Southern California today, any additional rain will lead to more flooding problems given the tremendous amount of rain that has already fallen. Many locations from Santa Barbara to Los Angeles to San Diego will need to be alert for additional urban, river, and stream flooding, as well as mudslides and debris. 
debris flows that can lead to road closures. Rain will spread into Arizona and southern Nevada, which can result in low-line and poor drainage flooding and bring Las Vegas its wettest day in months. Places from Fresno to San Francisco and through northern California, heavy snow has already piled up several feet across parts of the Sierra Nevada, with more snow expected today. Total snowfall from this storm expected to reach 3 to 6 feet above 7,000 feet in elevation. For most passes around southern California, snow will not be the main threat, although the heavier snow is expected to fall in those higher elevations where the ski resorts are located. Further north, there will be rounds of rain and mountain snow over Washington and Oregon, although not as intense as what Southern California is dealing with. Much of the rest of the nation will have dry and quiet weather today, with plenty of sunshine found up and down the eastern third of the nation, with highs ranging from the 30s in New England to 40s and 50s across the Mid-Atlantic to 60s across the south. Pretty nice and mild weather here for early February. It will also be mild across the central U.S., with highs in the 40s and 50s across the northern plains and Great Lakes with a mix of clouds and sunshine with 60s over the southern plains and Texas. Even some 70s found over southern Texas will be more in the way of sunshine found. I'm AccuWeather.com meteorologist Carl Erickson. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. Just search America in the Morning in your favorite listening app. I'm John Trout. You're listening to America in the Morning. Bipartisan Senate negotiators have released a long-anticipated deal pairing Ukraine aid with border enforcement policy changes, but the deal is teetering on the brink of collapse. Despite the backing of the Border Patrol's union, top House Republicans are already opposed, and some in the Senate are changing their minds. Washington correspondent Sagar Magani has the latest. They're talking about the, about the border. It's out of control. Well, guess what? Everything in that bipartisan bill gives me control, gives us control, without being, and still meets the needs of the people being able to come around, legally come across. We're going to open avenues of legality and shut down the ones that are not coming through the points of entry. Even before the $118 billion package was unveiled, this border is out of control. And House Speaker Mike Johnson told NBC's Meet the Press the Senate deal would do nothing to help, declaring it dead on arrival in the House. The President of the United States opened the border. We, we documented 64 specific actions that Joe Biden and his agencies have taken to create this catastrophe. On ABC's This Week with George Stephanopoulos. How can a bill be dead on arrival? And extreme MAGA Republicans in the House haven't even seen the text. Hours after top House Democrat Hakeem Jeffries spoke, Republicans did see the bill. Johnson wrote on social media, it's even worse than we expected. Some GOP senators are also against the package, which is expected to get a crucial test vote this week. Hard to be able to tell. People have had about 24 hours to be able to take a look at it. Some people are looking at it and saying, hey, there's more I wanted in it. I get that. This is a Republican House, Democrat Senate, and a Democrat White House. So this is a negotiated solution to try to figure out how much can we get done and then let's do those things. So people right now are trying to evaluate, is this enough that I can actually support this or do I want to say I got to have a whole lot more? I'm not going to support it at all. This is a big deal to get, you know, Republican and Democratic agreement on the border. It tends to happen only once every decade. Um, and I would hope that people wouldn't waste this opportunity to make some important reforms. Sagar Magani, Washington. As the House and Senate battle over Ukraine and border funding, the gloves are coming off in the race for the presidency. Correspondent Clayton Neville has that story. Former President Donald Trump is the Republican frontrunner as voters head to the polls in the Nevada primary. 
the political strategy well underway as Super Bowl weekend approaches. President Biden's aides say that the president is skipping out again on the presidential Super Bowl interview, suggesting Americans just want to watch the game. President Trump, a critic of that move. When a guy can't answer a question and when he doesn't do the Super Bowl, deal, which would be a great opportunity, actually, this would be a good time. You don't always have to do them, but this would be a good time not to, to you know, to stay to stay right in somebody's face, especially when you have those kind of numbers. But he can't do it because he can't talk. He can't do anything. He's ruining our country. As a guest on the Dan Bongino radio show, Trump called for a debate against President Biden. So I'd like to debate him now because we should debate. We should debate for the good of the country. So Trump has skipped out on all the GOP primary debates this election season so far and has cited his lead in the polls, but says that he'd love to debate the president. Biden responded, telling reporters that if he were Trump, he'd want to debate, too, because, quote, he's got nothing else to do. A day before those comments, President Biden went after Trump while campaigning in Nevada. He asked supporters to imagine the nightmare of Trump being reelected. This is the guy who, when he was in France, and he was, they asked him to go to an American cemetery in France from World War II where Americans were buried. You know what he said? He said those folks buried in that cemetery were suckers and losers. This is the former president tells the U.S. Supreme Court that banning him on the ballot is un-American. The high court considering a case involving Colorado's move to do exactly that. I'm Clayton Neville. He was not the person you'd expect to see in the middle of an early morning police raid. New York City Mayor Eric Adams who was a former NYPD captain, donned a bulletproof vest as officers swooped in and arrested a number of migrants tied to a major robbery ring operating out of the Bronx. It's believed those arrested were part of a large group of thieves using mopeds and scooters to snatch up purses and cell phones in more than 60 recent incidents. Police found 22 stolen cell phones in the apartment of 30-year-old Victor Parra, a Venezuelan who was arrested as part of the raid. It was just a week ago that a group of men identified as migrants who live in city-provided shelters attacked two police officers patrolling Times Square. The death toll in the Gaza Strip has increased following the latest Israeli airstrikes on the Palestinian territory. As correspondent Charles de Ledesma reports, Secretary of State Antony Blinken is now in the Middle East on a shuttle diplomacy mission as a peace plan on the table is still being panned by Hamas and the U.S. is now targeting those who fire on American and coalition bases in the region. Strikes hit two houses and a mosque in central Gaza on Sunday, killing around 30 people and wounding at least 60 others. Separate airstrikes in Rafah, the enclave's southernmost city, killed two children ages 12 and 2, according to a hospital. The Israeli military says it found what it calls training materials for the October 7 attack in southern Israel that triggered the war against Gaza's Hamas rulers. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is returning to the region. In Saudi Arabia, he also has stops scheduled in Egypt, Gata, Israel, and the West Bank this week. We will not hesitate to defend our people and hold responsible all those who harm Americans at a time and a place of our choosing. 
The US-backed Kurdish-led Syrian Democratic Forces said on Monday the attack hit a training ground at the Al-Omar base in Syria's eastern province of Deir el-Zur and accused Syrian regime-backed mercenaries of carrying out the attack. No casualties were reported among US troops. An umbrella group of Iran-backed Iraqi militias, dubbed the Islamic Resistance, released a video claiming responsibility for the attack. In late January, a drone attack by the umbrella group killed three US troops and wounded dozens more at a desert base in Jordan. I'm Charles Deledesma. Up in arms in Michigan, the Arab-American community. We'll have that story and more when America in the Morning continues after these messages. America in the Morning continues. I'm John Trout. An opinion article published in the Wall Street Journal is sparking outrage among politicians and members of the Michigan Arab community. Details from correspondent Katie Clark. Recently, the Wall Street Journal published an opinion article entitled, Welcome to Dearborn, America's Jihad Capital. The message of the article, the Dearborn, Michigan religious leaders and politicians are against Israel, has sparked local and state politicians as well as residents to criticize the article. Dearborn's mayor, Abdullah Hamoud, speaks on MSNBC about his decision to ramp up police presence in Dearborn around places of worship and community centers. You know, that piece was extremely inflammatory and upon it being published, we received many calls from faith leaders across the community who no longer felt safe, including uh, residents and members of the congregation. And so working with our police chief, we upped the patrols, especially around places of worship, to ensure people not only knew that they were safe, but also felt safe. Both Democratic senators and Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer spoke out against the message of the article. The governor was quoted as saying it's a total misrepresentation of an important city full of beautiful people who are our neighbors and extended family. I'm Katie Clark. A jury in Michigan is now deliberating the manslaughter case against a school shooter's mother. Correspondent Julie Walker has been following the case. The Michigan jury received instructions Monday from Oakland County Circuit Judge Cheryl Matthews. Members of the jury, evidence and arguments in this case are finished, and I'll now instruct you on the law. That is, I'll explain the law, the law that applies to this case. It's an unusual trial against a school shooter's mother, Jennifer Crumley, who's charged with involuntary manslaughter, accused of contributing to the deaths of four students in 2021. Prosecutors say she was grossly negligent when she failed to tell Oxford High School that the family had guns, including a new one that was later used by her son. The school was concerned about violent images and desperate phrases written on a math assignment, but Ethan Crumley was a allowed to stay in school. Prosecutors also say the boy's parents ignored his mental health. I'm Julie Walker. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley is asking for Secret Service protection, citing increased threats against her as she battles Donald Trump for the GOP nomination. Last week, a woman was tackled by Haley's security team when she tried to rush the stage. The Department of Homeland Security is currently weighing adding those protections. The family of three young black girls handcuffed and held at gunpoint by Colorado police has reached a final settlement. Correspondent Norman Hall reports. Brittany Gilliam and the girls, ranging in age from 17 to 6 years old, were headed to get their nails done when pulled over by Aurora police officers who mistakenly believed her vehicle was stolen. It was just absolutely appalling 
that these robocops from the same agency, I might add, that killed Elijah McClain would put little little children on the ground at gunpoint for any reason at all. Civil rights attorney David Lane. Brittany got out of the car on the driver's side and they ordered all these kids out on the passenger side and one by one they put these kids face down on hot pavement in August. It was more scary than anything because all I could hear was their crying and their screams. Gilliam's lawsuit settled for $1.9 million alleged profound and systematic racism. And I fully will never understand it, but I will say I forgive them. i Norman Hall. Those who spend time on the app TikTok may not be able to find their favorite music to dance to, given the bad blood between ByteDance and Universal Music. Chuck Palm has that in today's Tech Report. Last week, Universal Music pulled their contract from TikTok, disallowing their use of the dominant market catalog for music played behind TikTok videos. Musicians like Taylor Swift and rapper Bad Bunny will no longer be allowed to play as backtracks to the popular video sharing service. At the Grammys last weekend, talk show host Trevor Noah called out TikTok for ripping off artists, joking that that was Spotify's job. Universal has complained in an open letter to TikTok that they are not willing to compensate artists fairly when their songs are used as backtracks on user-generated content. While unclear how much TikTok has been paid, Universal said that their platform accounts for less than 1% of its roughly $11 billion in revenue and during negotiations offered to pay a fraction of the rate offered by rival social media services. Universal disclosed that subscriptions bring in three times as much as streaming does. Leave a comment at allthetoptech.tech. I'm Chuck Palm. Robert Workman has arrived with Tuesday Sports on America in the Morning. After the NHL All-Star break, the second half of the season began with two games Monday night. The Islanders shaded the Maple Leafs 3-2. Former Leaf Pierre Engvall scored the winner with 2.02 left. I've played here for a long time, so, uh, you know, to, to get the win uh, over your uh, uh, old teammates, so of course, feels, uh, feels good. The Rangers edge the Avalanche 2-1 in overtime. That's New York's 15th comeback win this season. NBA, the Pelicans pounded the Raptors 138-100. Brandon Ingram had a season-high 41 points, nailing eight three-pointers. Clippers nipped the the Hawks, 36 for Kawhi Leonard as they wrap up a 6-1 road trip. Lakers got by the Hornets, Anthony Davis with his third career triple-double. Cavaliers clobbered the Kings, their 14th win in the last 15 games. Mavericks down the Sixers and the Warriors whip the Nets. Connecticut, Purdue, and North Carolina maintain their standing as the top three teams in the latest college basketball polls. Kansas bolted up to fourth ahead of Houston in both the writers' and coaches' surveys, but the Jayhawks immediately took it on the chin, losing at rival Kansas State in overtime last night. Super Bowl 58 coming up Sunday in Las Vegas, the Chiefs against the 49 Commissioner Roger Goodell announced at his State of the NFL press conference yesterday that the Philadelphia Eagles will open the 2024 season in Sao Paulo, Brazil on the Friday after the league kickoff game on Thursday, September 6th. Their opponent has yet to be determined. It'll be the first game played in South America and the first week one game on a Friday since 1970. That's Tuesday Sports. Super Bowl ads and the Grateful Dead revived when America in the Morning continues after these messages. Welcome back. This is America in the Morning. If you could care less who wins the Super Bowl, there's always the ads. Kevin Carr tells us what we can look forward to. 
Arguably, as many people watch the Super Bowl for the commercials as they do for the game. Here's some of the ads you'll see on Sunday, all of them already available on YouTube. What a Jason Momoa flash dances with Zach Braff and Donald Faison for T-Mobile. Do it again with your shirt off. Kate McKinnon stars with a cat who loves Hellman's. What am I going to make with this? Meow. Chris Pratt hocks Pringles with his new mustache. You look like the Pringles guy. I don't. And Jason Sudeikis returns as Ted Lasso with Lionel Messi for Michelob Ultra. Come on, he's not even trying out there. Sir Patrick Stewart's ad for Paramount Plus has already gone viral. We throw the child. Gutsy call, sir. Smart thinking. What? No, that's dumb thinking. Stewart is joined by Creed, Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, Hey Arnold, and Drew Barrymore. Barrymore, shut your face! The late Carl Weathers, who passed away unexpectedly this weekend, was set for a fan duel ad with Ron Gronkowski. And this time you won't miss. Though the ad will be retooled for the big game. Some ads are sight gags like Kawasaki's Ode to Mullets for its Ridge vehicle. Thanks, fellas. And Budweiser goes old school with the return of its Clydesdales. Good job, fellas. Will we get bizarre ads like Mountain Dew's confounding Pumpy Monkey Baby from 2016? Pumpy Monkey Baby. Or something as iconic as the many Budweiser campaigns. You'll just have to watch the game to find out. I'm Kevin Carr. The NBA is experimenting with a new surface for some of its all-star weekend festivities. Correspondent Gethin Coolball has more. For the first time, the NBA will play on glass. Part of All-Star Weekend in Indianapolis, including the entire All-Star Saturday night lineup, will be played on a state-of-the-art full-video LED court that will be installed at Lucas Oil Stadium, the league said Monday. That means the skills competition, the three-point contest, the slam dunk competition, and the shooting matchup between Stephen Curry and Sabrina Unescu will take place on the glass floor on February 17th. The actual All-Star game itself on February 18th 18th will remain on a wooden court. I'm Geffen Coolbach. They certainly weren't part of the Grammys excitement this weekend, but the Grateful Dead has broken a recording industry record. Correspondent Jackie Quinn reports. Grateful Dead disbanded almost 30 years ago when frontman Jerry Garcia died. But they just broke the record for having the most top 40 albums that charted on the Billboard 200. That puts the Dead ahead of Elvis Presley and Frank Sinatra at 59 albums. That milestone was just reached after their archival release, Dave's Picks Volume 49, debuted on the charts at number 25. The man who produced it, David Lemieux, says the loyalty and passion of deadheads pushed the band over the top. I'm Jackie Quinn. America in the Morning for Tuesday, February 6, 2024, is produced by Jeff McKay, senior producer Kevin Delaney. I'm John Trout. This is Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.